Wow, congratulations to all the graduates. And uh, congratulations to all the parents too. It's a special season. Why don't you do me a favor? Just stand to your feet. We're going to pray for all these graduates. And uh, some of them are watching online, some are on the front row, and some in the building. And uh, we, we're proud of you guys. And uh, we're just going to pray over you. Father, we just thank you today as we come as a church. Uh, Lord, we're family, and so we're so proud of the part of our family that has graduated. We want to, God, thank you for bringing them to this season, this chapter of their life. We thank you that even during COVID and the craziness and what, what they went through with school, that, God, you led them through that. And we thank you today, God, for the, your hand upon their lives. We do pray now, God, as they step into the next chapter of their lives and the future, we thank you that you've already been there. You, you know the plans that you have for them, plans to prosper them, plans to give them a hope and plans to give them a future. Lord, so as a church, we speak blessing over them today, Father. May doors open that will blow their minds, God. May opportunities come their way. May they excel, God, in everything that they do. And at the end of the day, God, may they always keep their eyes on you and may they always give you the glory. We pray this now in Jesus' name. And a faithful church said, amen. Give them a hand again and high five two people as you're seated. I want to welcome those that are joining us online. You're part of the family. So wherever you are, whatever city, state, country you're in, we're so glad that you're joining us today for Church Online. Uh, again, if you're a guest today, we're so glad that you're here. You're welcome to the family. And uh, uh, it's just an honor for you to join us on a Sunday morning. I also want to quickly highlight, uh, my wife and I had the opportunity on Monday to go to the re-engage, the final re-engage marriage uh, class, and we got to celebrate all those that went through that, and yeah, three beautiful testimonies of what God had done in a marriage, in, in the marriages, and uh, just so proud of our church that uh, we just got so many great ministries, and, and so make sure to check that out. Uh, as well. Well, today I'm going to continue part two of our series, Living Out of Rest. Living Out of Rest. Uh, last week, uh, I read to you the passage in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, where Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden. And Jesus said, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And last week I spoke to you about the importance of us being yoked to Jesus, not, not through religion, but through relationship that we do life with Jesus and we allow him to teach us how to do life. When we allow Jesus to teach us, we can come to this place of, of rest. We can begin to enjoy the life that he has for us. Now, rest doesn't mean you don't do anything. Rest just means that you're going through the busyness and the things of life, that you can do it in, with being refreshed. You can do it with a smile uh, on your face. I told, spoke to you about three things last week about how we are to offload onto Jesus the weights. He asks us to do that, to take the weights, the hurts, the disappointments, the failures, the, the, the things that are weighing us down, that we take them and to put them onto him, to offload them onto him. We spoke about the importance of putting Jesus, secondly, in the center of every area of our life, that Jesus just doesn't want to be a savior, but he wants to be the Lord of your life. He, he wants to be the shepherd. He wants to be the one that leads you because he knows where he wants to take you and he knows the things you're gonna face. And so he's like, come on, get, get alongside me and let me teach you how to do life. And then thirdly, we spoke about, you know, we, we need to realize that we get to choose what we will and won't carry. 
And I said uh, last week with, you, you get to pick and a powerful word that you can say is no. There's some things in life you just gotta say no to. You don't need more of that. You don't need to do more of that because it's weighing you down. You can't just simply say no. Also spoke to you about margin, about create margin, about having healthy boundaries. I wanna start out this morning with a great quote from St. Augustine who says, uh, oh Lord, you have made us for yourself, oh Lord. You have made us for yourself. He says, our hearts are restless until we enter into your rest. See, we were never created to do life apart from God. We were created to do life through and in Christ Jesus. And our hearts are restless until we come to that place of surrender. I wanna talk to you today in part two about resting in prayer. Resting in prayer. I believe that if you develop the discipline of a prayer life, that you can enter into a deeper rest, a deeper refreshing with God. You know, a young man approached uh, the late uh, Dr. Dallas Willard one day, and he said to, uh, at a conference, he said to Dr. Willard, he said, Dr. Willard, how do I become the me that I want to be? And Dr. Willis paused for a minute and thought about the question, and, and then he responded. He said, if you want to discover the you that you want to be, you have to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. You got to give yourself margin and space to discover and unpack who God created you to be. In fact, Dr. Willard went on to say that hurry is the greatest enemy of spiritual life in our day. Isn't that true? We want to do the right thing. Sometimes we can relate to Paul in Romans chapter 7. We want to do the godly thing. We want to do the right thing, but we don't. Too often it's because we're too busy. We're running around, in a sense, chasing our own tail. We're so busy. But I want to talk to you today quick about margin. I have an illustration and because people ask me, well, how do I create margin? How do I balance my calendar on my iPhone? I always seem to double book myself. Ever happen in your life? Yeah. I did that this week by accident. We get so busy with things. How do we prioritize? How do we create margin in our life? There's only so much time. You can't buy more time. It's all about how you use the time that you've been given. So I want to use an illustration. Imagine if this is, this is your life and the broom is the extent of all that you can do. You know, so often we, we look at the big things and the small things in life and you know what we do? We, we, just take, we just take our lives and we say, let's just keep filling it up. Let's just, you know, let's just fill it up with stuff. And okay, you know, I want to go watch the new Top Gun movie. And uh, there's that new restaurant and that new show and we got to go to that. And, we, you know, we got to take a vacation. We got all these points. We got to use it. We got to go somewhere. Oh, and so-and-so's birthday party. Oh, so-and-so's engagement party. And so-and-so's having a kid. And so we just got to go to all these things. And so we just, we fill our lives with all these things and then we say oh well what about my marriage that's a big priority I, I've got to get some time for you know for marriage so let's just get that in there and oh the kiddo the kiddo I gotta you know I gotta train my child in the way of the Lord I gotta you know take do stuff with my kid and and then the, my friends my dear best friends I gotta get them in and and we just keep piling all these things and then the next minute you look at our lives it's over the broom there's no more room and so we just start, like we said last week, the video, we're spinning plates and we're dropping and we can't maintain it. There's so much that's going on. Can I tell you something? You know how you create margin in your life? You, just, you start with the big things. You start with the rocks in your life. What are the rocks 
in your life? What are the non-negotiables in your life? What are the things that need to have your full attention and your full focus? Uh, I believe it's your, your relationship with God, number one, your first ministry. The second is, uh, is your, your marriage, your second ministry, your spouse. What about, the, what about kids, you know, the, the kids, you know, it's like for me and Shay, it's like we have a little date I like to take her to. She loves Andy's ice cream. She likes the kids with M&Ms. Not a hint as in I want gift cards, but I'm just telling you what she likes. <laughs> and so she loves it when I say, you know, Shay, you want to go for ice cream? And she knows where we go and she gets so excited and she's in the back seat and we have a great time and, and we pull up and we just have fun. It's like our little date time. And, and I'll encourage you, dads, date your daughters. Because if you don't, someone will. <laughs> and then it's, you know what, I need, to, I need to work out. I need to get in shape. And, and you know what, I need to rest. I need to get some sleep in there. If you, you know, and so you put the rocks first in your life and then guess what you do? Then you take all the other things and you begin to, to pile it into your life. And as you begin to pour all these things into, into your life, I'll get it all in so that no one can say I had anything left. And you just shake it up a little bit. Guess what? It's not over the broom. Same situation, but what did I do? I prioritized the rocks. I put the big things first and let the sand, the little things of life. I'm not saying it's not wrong to have little things in your life, but when you put the rocks in first, it becomes a lot easier to say no to the little things. It becomes a lot easier to find margin in your life. And you might say to me, well, why, what, what has this got to do with prayer? You know, uh, Pastor Mark, uh, John Mark Kuma uh, says this. He says, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. See, everybody wants to be like Jesus, but no one wants to live like Jesus. So you think about Jesus for a second in the Bible, it's very interesting because there's two things I really loved about Jesus. The first thing is, you know, Jesus would go to the temple and he would, he would take the Old Testament scrolls and he would read. In fact, the first time he spoke, he read a prophecy about himself and then he said, today this has been fulfilled in your midst. Everything I read is, that is me. He knew the word. Next week, part three of living out of rest, I want to talk about framing your word, your world with the word of God. But today, this, this, the second rock that I saw in Jesus' life was that of prayer. Many times, Jesus would minister to a multitude, healings and signs and wonders, and people would hear about him and bring the sick. And, but there were times where Jesus would turn to his disciples and say, we need to get away. And it wasn't like Jesus wanted to get away from people. No, he had a rock in his life, a discipline in his life where he wanted to get away so he could spend time in prayer and hear from his father. That's what Jesus said. I don't do anything unless I hear from my father. He was always about his father's business. See, in Jesus' life, he knew how to be still. He knew how to get away from the noise and the demands. Because in life, my friend, everybody's gonna have a demand on you. Everybody's gonna have an expectation for your life. But you've gotta be willing to move away and come to the place of stillness where you can press in and hear from God. You see, until prayer becomes a rock in your life, you know what, you're not gonna fit it in. Until it's a priority, you're not gonna be praying and entering and having the discipline of a prayer life. In Psalms chapter 46, verse 10, this is what the Lord says. 
Be still and know that I am God. You know, so many of us want to know God, but we can't be still. Stillness is a discipline, ruthlessly eliminating hurry from your life. To stop for a moment and to say, God wants to speak to me and I need to hear from him. So what, is, what does prayer look like? That's a great question. What does the Bible have to say on prayer? We're going to look today in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to jump in and look at, at prayer because Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. He, he taught them, the, 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 uh, he gave them the, the Lord's Prayer, which, which we all in a sense know. And so let's dive in. I'm going to share some, some thoughts and some things that I do as I, as I pray the Lord's Prayer. And so in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who, is, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I love this. Jesus says it's not about coming in big groups and praying and be praying eloquently and being recognized. Oh, she's such a great prayer intercessor or such a, he loves, loves, he's a man of prayer. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying you've got to close the door and get alone with God. Not saying that praying corporately and in groups is not important, but in your life there's a moment where God's like, I just want to sit and talk to you. I'm so glad we serve a God that wants to talk to us. I'm, a, I'm so glad we serve a God who wants to reveal who he is. He wants us to come to the place of surrender so that he can do great things in our lives. But we have to be willing to close the door to get into that place of stillness where we can just still sit still and begin to talk to him. Be still and to be to receive and to listen and to think and to cut out all the distractions in our lives. He wants us to have the discipline of having prayer as a rock, as a priority in our lives. And he continues in verse 7, and Jesus says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they, they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. I love that. Sometimes we, we come to God and all we have is a, like a shopping list, right? God, I need this, I need this, I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and I need this. And, and Jesus says, hey, he already knows. He's already got it figured out. But when you come into prayer, it's, 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 it's not a, don't, don't babble, don't don't make it a religious act. He goes, make it relationship. Talk to God. You know, God loves it when you talk to him. He loves it when you just sit and you, you just tell him how awesome he is, how great he is. In fact, let's, let's look at what Jesus says next. He says, and this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The word hallowed is, is the word honor. The word Holy. It's literally starting, Jesus says, you start to pray and you, and you come into this place of, of silence where the noise of the world is switched off and it's, it's just you and him that you just start by saying, our Father in heaven, my God in heaven, creator in heaven. You begin to you begin to say, hello is your name. What are you doing? You're starting to declare the names of God. You know how many names God has in the Bible? I wish I could do a series. It would take a whole year. Talk about the names of God. Jesus says, stop and recognize who you're talking to. You're not talking to your spouse. You're not talking to your neighbor. You're not talking to your kid. You're not talking to Friday or your dog. You're talking to God Almighty. 
You have his attention. How powerful is that? It's not religious. It's just a re- God, here I come. I'm just, I want to thank you today. I want to I declare that you are bigger than me. And he, he continues here and he says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love that. He says, you come and you, you declare, I'm praying right now and talking to almighty God. And so this is what I do as I start to pray. Jesus says, make his kingdom priority in your life. Make it the first thing. God, I'm coming. I'm asking today that your kingdom come and your will be done in me. My kingdom and my world is second. I want what's yours. Why? Because what you have for me is better than anything in the world can offer. And I love that he says, your kingdom come and your will be done in what? Earth. I like to stop there personally when I pray and put my name in as earth. Why? Because this is an earthly vessel, right? So I actually pray that's specific. I like to say, Our Father Charlton, I'm be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth in Charlton. God, today, your will, your kingdom may come from heaven. May your will from heaven come into this earthly vessel today. How often do you pray God's will over your own life? We can quote Jeremiah 29. God has plans and purposes and all these great things. Steps of the righteous are ordered. But how often are you just declaring how awesome God is and then inviting his plan for the day into your earthly vessel? I love that about him. And he says, and give us today our daily bread. Oh, I love that. God, you know what's gonna happen today. You know tomorrow, you know the next week. Sometimes we're coming to God in prayer and we wanna tell God, oh God, let me tell you how big my problems are. No, 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 my friend. Why don't you tell your problems how big your God is? Oh, I'm coming today to a big God. I'm coming to a God that has a will and a plan for my life. And now I'm doing what? I'm opening up my life to it. And I'm thanking today, God, that thank you for my daily bread. You know what I need today. Why? Because your name is Jehovah Jireh. One of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, which means what? The Lord, our provider. I'm thanking him as I'm praying today. God, you know what's coming more. You know my needs. And I thank you today that your name, You almighty God, your name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. Thank you today, you know what I need. I'm inviting you today, God, to be my provider. And forgive us our debts, our sin. I love that. As we also forgive our debtors. God, forgive me of my sins. Why can I ask you to forgive me? Because your name is Jehovah Tiskanu. Jehovah Tiskanu means the Lord, our righteousness. What does that mean when I'm praying that? Forgive me my debts. I'm literally saying, God, I have nothing to offer you. There's sin and stuff I've done and failures and mistakes, God. But the good news is today that you, Jehovah Tiskanu, you, the Lord, my righteousness, you have made me righteous. You did it through your son, Jesus. And now I can talk to you. Some of you are so afraid to talk to God because you're like, I'm such a bad person and God knows what I did. And if I talk to him, it's kind of like when you get in trouble and then you gotta go to your parents and tell them what you did. Remember those days? Well, the principal's office, God is not a school principal. He already knows and he already took care of it on the cross. And he says, would you just realize as you're praying who I am? I am the Lord, your righteousness. God, thank you as I go through this day. I am a child of God. I am righteous because of you. 
And lead us not into temptation. God, as I go through this day, you know already the temptations are going to come my way. And God, I don't want to go into the temptation and then once I fall and have to say, God, please help me out of this. Why don't you pray before the temptation? Lead me today. You know what I'm going to face. Why? Because your name is Jehovah Roy. What is Jehovah Roy? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It's Psalm 23. It's John 10 where Jesus talks about being our shepherd. You have a shepherd every day that is waiting to lead you along paths of righteousness that you don't have to fall into that temptation because temptation will come. We live in a broken world full of evil. There's temptation that's gonna knock on your heart today, my friend. But the good news is you don't have to stand in your strength. You can have a shepherd, Jehovah Roy, who will lead you out of temptation. But he's waiting for you to talk to him. He's waiting for the daily invitation. My daily bread, lead me today. And then do what? Deliver us from the evil one. God, the evil one is out there. He's real. But you defeated him. You are Jehovah Nisi. The Lord, our banner. The Lord, our victory. God, I'm going out into the world. I don't have to be afraid. Why? Because I'm praying and talking to Jehovah Nisi. No matter where I go today, no matter how great the valley is, I am grateful that my faith is in Jehovah Nisi. The Lord will deliver me. Come on, there's some of you that need to hear that today. You're trying to fight the battle in yourself. It's time for you to talk to Jehovah Nisi. It's time for you to invite God into your battle and say this, as Zechariah said, the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah, it's not by mind nor power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's the Lord's battle. Give it to him. Why are you fighting it? Rather just get on your knees. Say, Lord, you're mighty God. Your will be done. Your kingdom come, not mine. I'm putting my kingdom down. I'm choosing yours today. Give me today my daily bread. You know what I need today. You know the strength I need. You know the wisdom I need. You know the answers I need. You know the provision I need. God, you know the temptations that are coming my way today, but you're my shepherd. You're gonna lead me through it. And I thank you today that the battle I'm in, you're gonna deliver me because you are my banner. You are my victory this is how he teaches us to pray. Doesn't that change the Lord's Prayer when you begin to put the names of God on it? That's your God I'm talking about. This is your Jesus. He wants to do that in your life. Three things that are, that are so amazing as I, as I reflect on this passage. Number one, God cares. He cares about your daily bread. He cares about temptations. He cares about the battles you're fighting. God cares. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 29, says the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. He hears, God cares about what's going on in your world. He's just waiting for you to talk to him about it. But we get so busy with the little things that we don't have prayer as a rock, and so we're not still to talk to him. God cares, number two, God hears. First book of John, chapter five, verse 14, it says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we pray anything according to his will, he hears us. I love that. We're gonna talk more about that next week. When, when you begin to pray the promises of God, the Bible says they are yes and amen. But the problem with us is we're not praying what God says about the situation. We're listening to what the media says. And then we're going to God and saying, well, God, the media says this. You get to choose. I'm gonna talk about this next week. You can frame your world by the opinion of man or you can frame your world by the word of God. You choose. We're gonna jump into that next week. 
But God hears. He's waiting for you to speak to him. And number three, God answers. God cares, God hears, and God answers. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that diligently seek him. See, God rewards us when we come to him in faith. God answers us when we come to him in faith. Now, you, you don't have to have a gigantic faith. Jesus said you can have a mustard seed, the smallest seed, just a little bit of faith. Just coming in today, I might say, you might say, Pastor, I'm not really a prayer warrior. I've never really prayed. I Just go today on your knees and say, open up the Bible, get a Bible, open up Matthew chapter 6. Just read the Lord's Prayer and put a little faith. God, I believe this today. Just a little faith. Faith, it pleases God. God cares, God hears, and God answers. I want to give you a challenge as I close today. A five-minute challenge. Five minutes a day challenge. Five minutes a day of making prayer a rock. Her name was Leah. Ten years ago, uh, she joined a Bible study I was doing in San Francisco for marketplace leaders. Bankers, lawyers, CEOs, a bunch of us would get together in the Chase uh, Bank in San Francisco and do Bible study once a week and I'd lead it and I spoke on prayer and Leah was very new to the faith. And so I challenged the group at the end, I said, yes, what I want you to do for five minutes a day when you wake up or if you go to bed at night, five minutes, that's it, just five minutes a day, I want you to take an empty chair and put it across from you and pretend like Jesus is sitting there and just talk to him. Well, Pastor, is that biblical? He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So I believe he can sit in a chair. He's omnipresent. The chair is in his presence. Don't email me. Is that theological? He's omnipresent. The chair is in him. So there you go. Some of you are clicking a bit. The next week, next Bible study, Leah came in with the biggest smile on her face. See, Pastor I did it every day. Put that chair there, and I just began to sit there, and it was very awkward in the beginning. I just began to have a conversation. And she said, I just felt the presence of God and the peace of God and the rest of God. I just gave things to him that nobody even knew about. I just gave it to him. And she said, I began to feel this incredible freedom. She said, in fact, you know what I did? I took that chair and put it next to my bed every night. And she said, you know why? Because there's a verse in the Bible that says, even when we sleep, he's watching over us. Changed Leah's whole world. I believe it'll change your world. If you're just willing every day to say, you know what, it's time for me to make prayer a rock in my life. I believe you'll enter into greater rest and peace in your life and less being anxious and just giving control to him and inviting him more into you. Five minutes a day, maybe you'll love it and go to 10, maybe 15. It doesn't matter. I'm just challenging you with five minutes a day this week and watch what your God will do. As we, let's, let's close and pray. Father, we thank you today for, for our time. You care so much about us. You care about our needs. You care about our lives. You have a plan for us. You, you're just so interested in doing life with us. You don't want us to be apart from you. When Jesus died on the cross, Scripture says the veil was torn from the top to the bottom, symbolizing that you, God, you removed the veil that man no longer had to do life apart from you, that all could come into your presence through the work of Jesus on the cross. 
Lord, I pray today that you would burn in each and every one of us, that you would put in each and every one of us a hunger for prayer. That, God, it won't just be about a religious act, but it be about a relationship with you. That we would come to this place of our eyes and our hearts and our understanding being open to who you are and how much you love us. So, God, this challenge this week, would you just stir it in our hearts? Would you help us to move things around, to put our priorities straight, that we can come to the place of stillness and the place of rest? It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, church, I'm back. (laughs) Don't you love this word of God and this man of God? Come on, come on. Well, uh, we were thinking like Charlton has just kind of like dived into this thing like since he got here. If you can think back February, you're like, who's this guy with the accent? Um, April, you're like voting on him. Easter is like, oh, he's here. Um, And then he's just been going ever since. But we realized we need to stop as a church, as a staff, as Basel and say a prayer over Charlton. Would you agree? So today, why don't we do that? So I'm going to invite Basel, any Basel members, any of our staff to come on out to the platform. We're just going to take a few moments and just pray over him. Aren't you loving this series? Rest. We all need it. We all need it. Normally, I don't like to read prayers, but this is a serious one, you know. And so I was like, I want to say all of these words as um, to kind of put a bow on all that we're going to experience and trust. And so would you join us? Would you stay in church? You can lift your hands towards Charlton. I'm going to read a prayer. Staff, you lay hands on. We're going to just pray. Father, thank you so much that we are gathered today in your name. We are witnesses and participators in this celebration of of Pastor Charlton as the senior pastor of Mountain Park Church. And we humbly acknowledge that this process was initiated by you alone. We recognize your sovereignty and the work of your hands. For this is your church called into being by you. We praise you and we thank you that you have chosen Charlton to be the shepherd of this flock. We further acknowledge that this is only by your grace and mercy that we continue to fulfill our mission of helping people discover their role inside of God's story. May we be faithful in our prayers for Pastor Charlton and his family as they seek grace and guidance as he discharges his duties to your glory and for the good of Mountain Park. May we be faithful in seeking to receive the word of truth preach with meekness and and love in all matters. May we always be encouraging and supportive of Charlton and his gospel labor. May we be generous to him with time and treasure in order that he may equip the saints for the work of ministry, building the body of Christ in unity of faith and the knowledge of you to fulfill Christian maturity. Father, we are most blessed of people chosen by you to be a part of the work you're doing, the supernatural work. This is your church. We are your people, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of your own possession. All so that we may proclaim your excellencies, 
you who have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. May we be ever mindful of our status as your people, bought by the blood of your Son and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And may Mountain Park and Charlton be always faithful and obedient to you and your church by and through your grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree, would you say amen? Well, let's give it up for Pastor Charlton and Cindy and Shay. All right. He's going to go and get ready to greet you as you go out the doors today. There are refreshments. There are some areas for you to write cards and notes. Thanks. We'll see you next week for Baptism Sunday. Come ready to worship.